Hello, I'm your host, Rebecca J. Berry, and this is Plotting Possibility. Join me as we gather the good, chart a course with beauty and inspiration, and imagine what can be. Let's get started. Since there's a huge influx of new homeschoolers in the world, I thought I'd share a little bit of my own homeschool journey to encourage you as you begin yours. I have needed boatloads of encouragement, and now I get to pass it on. Before we begin, let me be clear that I'm talking about legal homeschooling, the type of homeschool where you send in a notice of intent and receive a letter excusing your child from compulsory attendance for the academic year. I'm not talking about distance learning, hybrid learning, or online school. I have exactly zero experience with those forms of education, so please don't think I'm trying to speak to that. Now, as most of you know, I homeschool my two kids. I have an eight-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. This year is the first year I'm really schooling my daughter. She's just been an add-on accessory the past couple years, mostly just enjoying art projects and scribbling in her own workbooks from the Dollar Tree. But I never thought I would be a homeschooler. If you had asked me at any point prior to 2015 for my thoughts on homeschooling, they would have been riddled with stereotypes and prejudice. Let's just cut to the chase. Most people's opinions on homeschooling are riddled with stereotypes and prejudice. We all knew that one weird family that homeschooled, that one awkward kid who never figured out socialization, and that one time that one homeschooling mom said something so unscientific that it clearly the entire community is off its collective rocker. Or, even worse, when a news story breaks about an abusive family that hid beneath the guise of home education. It's really easy to make snap judgments about any group of people, A few months ago, I pointed out to someone ranting about homeschoolers that to lump us all together as abusive nutjobs, as she was, is like saying everyone who rides a motorcycle is a violent gang member. Obviously, that's not the case. Newsflash, guys. There are weird families, awkward kids, and wacky educators in brick-and-mortar schools, too. And, unfortunately, and heartbreaking, Abusive home lives are not exclusive to the homeschool community. Ask any public school teacher if they've had to make a phone call to children's services. So, now that we can set aside those stereotypes and prejudices, let's talk about real homeschooling. I had a huge learning curve over two or three years. I really never thought I would homeschool, but when we couldn't afford preschool for our son, I started to investigate. What I discovered is that the homeschool world is more varied, more complex, more rich, more dynamic, and more successful than I ever knew. The options are literally endless, and I learned some things about public education that unsettled me. Again, let me be clear, not with teachers. Most teachers are heroes who deserve their own holiday, but public education is a government endeavor, and I'm not comfortable with some of the things I learned in my research. I researched a lot before deciding to homeschool. Looking back, I was probably just trying to justify the call I had on my heart to home educate. Still, 
My research really helped me know my reasons why I wanted to take on this big adventure and burden of homeschooling. It really helps to know your why. It gets you through the rough patches. And there are rough patches. Let me share with you a few things I've learned the hard way in my homeschool journey. So hopefully some of your rough patches won't be as painful as mine. The first thing I had to learn that homeschooling is not school at home. I wish I had record of my homeschool style quiz results over the last four years. I've radically changed from school at home to basically unschooling. Those are totally opposite ends of the spectrum, if you're wondering, like 180 degree difference. You see, most of us spend 13 years in the school system and then another four at college. Learning is very structured, regulated, and categorized. Progress is easily measured by grades and tests. Yes, there are those fun teachers that make school amazing. I was blessed with many of those. And there are electives that make education richer and more interesting. But seriously, when you boil it down, it's pretty regimented and ordered. But homeschooling isn't. There aren't class periods, no bells, no timed lunches or recesses, no hall monitors or bathroom passes. Some people have dedicated class space. We did for a little while, but rarely used it. But more often than not, there aren't lines of desks all pointing towards a smart board. It's all very freeform. And that can feel unwieldy and scary. Most newbies, um, me, grasp for state standards and common core aligned curriculum and other things that make us feel a little safer. We're grasping for the sides of the box we've been in all our lives. But the box just tipped over. Guys, You don't have to be in the box anymore. Step outside. There's fresh air out here. The next thing I learned was that comparison is toxic. I mean like combining ammonia and bleach toxic. I was always comparing my son to his peers. Always. Obsessively. And he wasn't necessarily measuring up. And there's all these amazing studies that show how homeschoolers can be so advanced which is true, and that's great. But my kid wasn't off the charts on reading or math. Still isn't. When he couldn't read and his peers at church all could, I panicked. Big time. Major panic. Five alarm panic. And I pushed him hard. I shamed him. I hate admitting this to anyone, but it's important to get it out there. Because you know what happened? He started to hate everything. He hated even me reading to him, something we have always loved and shared. He hated doing school at all. The worst thing I ever did was comparing him to others and trying to shove him into someone else's box. The third thing is related to the comparison trap. There's no such thing as behind in homeschool. This is something homeschoolers tell each other all the time, so it gets to be cliche, but it's seriously true. I didn't believe them at first. I was panicking and comparing, but when I finally cut that out and backed way, way, way off, I could see how my son was, in fact, learning. He was just learning on his schedule. When you plant flower seeds, they don't all sprout at the same time, let alone blossom. 
You can't even pop a bag of popcorn and have the kernels pop in a uniformed way. Why on earth do we expect kids to be so uniform? So when I stopped comparing and started recognizing our own progress, I was able to lean into his strengths and interests, and my interests too. I dialed my expectations way down and stopped thinking I had to prove anything to anyone. Ah, yes, there it is. Another important lesson. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. Now, remember those stereotypes and prejudices from before? They're everywhere. You will literally run into opinions everywhere you go. The grocery store, church, family reunions, wherever. To be fair, I've been blessed with an inordinate amount of praise for homeschooling. Best compliment ever was a 90-year-old store owner asking if my son was homeschooled because he was so well-behaved and polite in her shop. We both walked out 10 feet tall. But most homeschoolers I know, and me as well, have run into the side eyes and the socialization question. Relax, guys. It's homeschooling, not under a rock schooling, and we do see people and socialize. Not so much now in the middle of a pandemic, but you get what I'm saying. Anyway, those prejudices, it made me feel like I had to prove myself to anyone with an opinion. I had to be the best homeschooler to ever school. And too bad if my kid was getting steamrolled by my insecurities. Yikes, right? But a lot of us fall into that trap. Social media makes it so much worse. I ghosted most of the homeschool groups I was in for a while a couple years ago because I couldn't handle hearing about everyone's amazing plans and big wins. We were drowning, but I was both the storm and the anchor weighing us down. Letting go of that desire to prove myself was maybe the biggest game changer of them all. Our homeschool doesn't look like anyone else I know. We're not exactly child-led, although I try to be interest-led. I'm not opposed to box curriculum, but I can't afford it. I have curriculum, homeschool textbooks really, but we don't use them the way they were designed to be used. We're heavy on arts and crafts and science experiments and projects. We do a poetry tea time. If you hang out in the homeschool world at all, you'll find out that's a big thing. But we don't actually read poetry. We read fairy tales. And I add in art projects and geography. We use a lot of PBS Kids and YouTube. And library books? A couple weeks ago, I sat down to request a few books. And the next day, I realized I, I, I had requested over 70 books. We have three library cards at one library. We don't belong to a co-op, although we have been part of a class at the library that we loved. And we aren't like anyone else I know. In the last year, my son and I both have been diagnosed with ADHD. He learns differently than our neurotypical child, and I'm realizing I did too. We dance to the beat of a different drum. We're high-strung, imaginative, creative, dramatic, emotional people. And we're not very organized. Imagine the shrug emoji right here. There are lots of people who've made passive-aggressive, or maybe we'd call them microaggressive comments about homeschooling over the years. Like we'd all be more normal if I sent my kids to school. Allow me to remind you again that there are weirdos everywhere. And let me make this clear, we're not very interested in normal. 
We are uniquely made in the image of God himself. My counselor reminded me just the other day that God created me with the exact characteristics and traits he wanted me to have. The very things I often wish away might be the things that God gifted me with to do great work for him or the things that draw me closest to him as I learn to manage traits that are difficult. The same thing goes for my kids. Here's a final life lesson, homeschool edition. I will still get insecure sometimes. I will still worry that it's not enough and my kids will be blockheads and it will all be my fault. Most homeschoolers I know hit that wall at least once every school year. The more seasoned ones get over it faster. I'm still pretty new at this, so I tend to wallow. I'm also an Enneagram 4, so wallowing is just something I do, but we call it melancholy, so it sounds better. But I'm learning, and so are my kids. My kids are learning academics, but they're also learning that it's okay to be different, that we all mess up sometimes and need to course correct, that some days are just hard, but you get through it. If you find yourself homeschooling and you never, ever thought you would, welcome to the club. There are gobs of us here. Lay down your preconceived notions and start to imagine the possibilities. Get to know your kids in new ways. Get to know yourself in a new way. Explore interests. Adventure together in parks and road trips and in books. Oh, so many books. Don't get caught in the quagmire of comparison or the quicksand of proving yourself. Let social media inspire you, but not shame you. And most of all, enjoy the freedom of being uniquely you. You've got this. And now we're going to gather the good with some of my favorite homeschool things. First, I want to tell you about some podcasts. These podcasters are like experts in the homeschool world. So if you really want to understand about the homeschool life, you should listen to them and not just me because I'm not an expert. So the first one I'm going to recommend to you is Julie Bogart. And her podcast is called The Brave Learner. Um, She is the creative genius behind um, language arts curriculum called uh, Brave Writer. And so she also does a podcast called Brave Learner. And she wrote a book called The Brave Learner. Everybody should read this book. Everyone. Even if you don't plan on homeschooling forever, just read it. It absolutely revolutionized the way I go about homeschooling. She talks about enchantment, um, which is basically having the freedom to follow rabbit trails. If your child suddenly becomes absolutely fascinated with butterflies or um, chess or whatever, Go ahead and set aside the plans and take a deep dive into those things and allow them to really explore those interests. You will find so many um, connections across multiple subjects when you just 
dig in and allow your kids to love what they love. Um, Her book talks a lot about how we can kind of spark enchantment, how we can make things that are difficult, um, you know, like maybe math a little bit easier um, with your kids and whatever. So just really great. And her podcast um, is excellent. In fact, when the shutdown happened, she started doing a lot of podcasts for people that were kind of, uh, well, crisis schooling. Um, And so check that out. She's great encouragement and will really help you feel better about those days when you're like, but we didn't do anything. Trust me, you did. You just don't know that you did. So check her out. The next one is Sarah McKenzie, and her podcast is called Read Aloud Revival. Clearly, her thing is books and reading aloud. Her podcast is amazing. Um, Very uh, interesting interviews with authors, but also she's had on some experts that will talk about attention span and um, what to do when kids fidget during the read alouds and all kinds of stuff, which is really practical Again, super encouraging. She wrote a book called Teaching from Rest, which is another basically required reading book for all homeschoolers because she really encourages you to set aside the heavy pressure and that we approach school from just a different mental and emotional place. Um, She says it a million times better than I could. So I won't try. I'm just going to tell you, go read her book. It's a very short book, so you could probably read it in a couple of days, but it will definitely impact your homeschool journey. That's Sarah McKenzie. Her book is Teaching from Rest. The last one I want to talk about is Sally Clarkson. And I've talked about the Clarksons all the time on my podcast because I'm kind of a fangirl. But she was a homeschool mother for four kids that are now adults and successful and pursuing their dreams um, in all sorts of places and disciplines. Um, And she is releasing a book this fall called Awaking Wonder. And sort of similar to Julie Bogart, just talking about how, how can our roles as parents and educators and mentors really foster a love and curiosity and excitement for learning that will last kids their whole lives. And I think that's what we all want, all of us. Even if you are normally a public school parent, I think you still want your kid to be excited about learning, you know? So um, I'm on the launch team for that book, so I've been able to read some of it already. It's excellent. Um, But her podcast is super encouraging, and she's been doing a series lately just talking about Awaking Wonder, different books and resources and things that she did that really helped her kids um, love school and bring learning to life. So Sally Clarkson, her podcast is called At Home with Sally and Friends. Now... I'm just going to tell you about a couple of things that my kids and I have really enjoyed doing over the years. We started when my son was four with preschool. And I will tell you, if you are a preschool homeschooler, you can relax. 
people tried to tell me that I didn't listen and it was silly. You can relax, just have fun, play games, read books, explore, investigate, allow curiosity to guide you. Um, and just, just have fun. Um, we did for preschool, a lot of, um, like preschooling through classic books. So I, I, I did things with, um, there was a different animal every month. So we read all about dogs one month with the pokey little puppy and some James Harriet books about dogs and so on like that. We did bears and read Winnie the Pooh and Paddington and so on. Um, it was a really great way to make sure I introduced some of those classic books I didn't want to miss. Um, but also just do some fun hands-on games and learning. Pinterest is an amazing place to find free printables and worksheets and resources. Pinterest is amazing. So we loved that. Um, it was a great way to start our homeschooling journey. The next year... I tried too hard to do school at home, which you just listened to how that was a disaster. So what we eventually ended up doing was what I call bear school. And we, why I picked bears, I don't know. I think I just looked at all our books and said, said to myself, we have a million books about bears. So that's what we're going to do. And we just dug deep into, we read as many books about bears as we could find. Fiction books, picture books, nonfiction books, everything. And for like months. <laughs> and we did all these crafts and we learned how to draw bears and we um, just did all these things. And it was a very deep, immersive thing. Um but my kids loved it. They loved it. And we had been in a really bad rut of just, they hated everything I was doing. I hated everything I was doing. So we just chucked it out all the window and did bear school. You could easily do this with dogs, cats, horses, anything. Um, just don't be afraid to look at something and say, this isn't working. Let's put a pin in that. And get back into doing something that we love. Because once you start loving school again, it makes it a lot easier to pick up those things that were hard before. Um, I asked my kids what their favorite things were. And they love our fairy tale tea time. We usually do it on Thursdays, but not always. And we read a fairy tale from somewhere around the world we get out a children's atlas and read a little bit about the country the story came from. And if I can come up with one, we, we will do a craft related to the fairy tale or the country. It's not that hard. We don't even always drink tea. We'll drink lemonade. My daughter likes chocolate milk. Whatever. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just it's a time to sit around the table with some snacks and something delicious to drink and you can read some poems or fairy tales or whatever you like. It doesn't have to look like Instagram. Um, the other thing, and this surprised me, what my son said. Um, we spent ages on the American Revolution because my, my son is not 
naturally like a history guy. He's more into science. So I kind of have to drag him through history, which is painful for me. I was a history minor. Um, I come from a family of like historians. So whatever. He'll, he'll catch up someday maybe. But anyway, so we are dragging ourselves through the revolution and doing as many hands-on activities as I can come up with because that helps. And what he told me today, months and months later, I think we did this activity in January. He told me today one of his favorite things we've ever done in school was when we acted out the Boston Tea Party by putting little boats in our bathtub and he could throw tea bags in the bathtub and make the little Lego people like yell and scream and stuff. I don't know why, but that was one of his favorites, which just goes to show you don't know what they're going to latch onto, what they're going to love, what they're going to remember, what's going to make an impact. Um, more often than not, it's not going to be a workbook. I hate to break it to you. It's not going to be a workbook, but it's okay. Do workbooks for math and grammar and those things that are like that if you need to. But then set it aside and play a game, do a craft, do something crazy like throwing tea bags in your bathtub. Um, we did a whole Narnia unit where we would read the book, do some crafts and activities, and then have like a feast with foods that they talked about in the book and watched the movie. And then we could compare. Loved that. And it doesn't, it really doesn't have to be hard. Um, so I hope that points you in the right direction of some resources and some encouragement. I made you a second part to this with answers to a few questions I received. To be quite honest with you, I don't feel qualified to answer those questions. <laughs> but maybe that's the very reason why I should because you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be the best to to do it and to encourage others so if you have any other questions about the legalities here in Ohio um, things that you're just looking at going but how do I do this let me know maybe I can answer it or I can tell you how I do it anyway I hope this has been some encouragement. And if you're not a homeschooler and you listened anyway, I hope this helps you understand what we do and what we're all about. Um, yeah, we might be weird, but we like it that way. So thank you for listening. And I hope you have some great inspiration now to plot some possibilities for your school year. I recorded the podcast last night and today remember two more things I wanted to say so very quickly. One, I know there is a lot of concern about kids falling behind this year. Personally, I believe that's something that everyone will experience, even people who have been homeschooling for a long time, because we're having limited access to libraries, co-ops, museums, all sorts of things that's different. And obviously, no matter what your school choice was with public schools or private schools, homeschooling, online, it's going to be different. I don't think we should panic about this. I think we should try to be calm and supportive of our kids because that will help them to continue learning no matter what format it's in. Be encouraging, be kind, be patient. Believe me, I know it's hard. 
I might have just yelled at my four-year-old. So I get it. It's not easy. But the more we practice doing that, the better it's going to be for our kids to get through this, just like we are. So don't let the fear of next year stop you from doing what's best for your family this year. In 2019, nobody knew that 2020 was going to look like this. And nobody knows what 2021 is going to look like. So just do your best for this year. Encourage your kids. You'll get through it. And whatever needs to happen moving forward, you'll be able to figure that out. The last thing is another resource. And I can't believe I forgot this one. You want to check out Wild and Free. It's a podcast. There's a book. Um, You can follow them on Instagram. Super great stuff. Their founder is named Ainsley Armin, and her whole thing is that she started homeschooling because she saw, like, the life start to go out of her son. It just, he wasn't himself anymore, going to school every day, um, kind of just the daily grind of it. And so she decided to start homeschooling him and letting him um, continue to play and learn and explore and adventure, and she saw that life come back in him. And so the whole wild and free idea is that kids can learn so well when they're not boxed in and they're not forced um, to do things that don't really serve much point other than being easy to measure, like lots of worksheets, for example. So definitely check out Wild and Free. Their podcasts are great. Um, I haven't read the book yet myself, but I've heard great things about it. It's on my list. So... That's my last resource for you. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll join me next time as we continue plotting possibilities and gathering all that's good.